This podcast is geared towards educating people on the importance of managing your money. And all our episodes address either a specific point on this journey or tools to enable you to walk this journey so you can get to a level of financial independence. But why do we set that goal? Why is financial independence the milestone that we're hoping you'll achieve? That's because we believe financial independence is the point at which you truly have the freedom to decide how you want to live and with the resources to afford it. It's what gets you out of having to do things you'd rather not be doing. For example, working soul-crushing jobs or spending time at work when you might be needed with your family or dropping out of dinner with friends because you have a deadline. That's why if you ran a survey of the top five goals of individuals, financial independence would assuredly be in that list. It has become the emerald city on the yellow brick road of our professional life. A lot of us have seen our parents go through decades of work life almost like an automaton. The salary they earned was enough to meet monthly expenses and rare indulgences. And whatever was left was squirreled away for the eventual old age next. When you'll no longer be able to work and therefore will have no income stream. Thinking about building a corpus through investment, be it stocks or land or gold, was not the traditional mindset. Land was purchased to put a roof over your head. Gold was for weddings and bequeathing. And stock market was not a safe venture. In India, for example, where Amit and I grew up, retirement or education fund was always associated with a fixed deposit since equity markets were not that developed or not that deep or liquid. You know, unlike in US where the 401k or the retirement fund is almost synonymous with equity holding. Basically, in India or any of the developing economies, you relied on salary alone to meet expenses and savings for the time when you would not be able to work. But our generation is somewhat different. Pockets of Generation X and to some extent Millennials have been able to reap the benefit of increase in pay from white collar work or bumper cash flows from entrepreneurial ventures. How many millionaires do we know who are under 30 now? Wealth is increased and many of us might already have more money saved than our parents did at similar stages of life. There is a growing desire to live life beyond the narrow confines of working for a paycheck. The concept of retirement has been revamped. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're no longer creatively or economically productive, but just that you're free to decide what avenues you want to engage yourself in, regardless of the economic remuneration to do the same. And paycheck is now by no means the only way to earn your way to financial freedom. With a broking account or a digital wallet in everyone's pocket, market access has become very easy. Yeah, actually, by the way, I would say in a way too easy and overly gamified, but that's a separate issue. Yeah, you know, the internet revolution has created a greater sense of uh, financial inclusion. Now, how does one think about financial freedom, the ultimate goal? I divide it into two different ways. I know you and I sort of have those different approaches. There is a top-down and, and a bottoms-up approach. 
top down is assessing what is your aspirational lifestyle legacy for children penning down the amount required for that and then using your job or investments to achieve that this may mean that the road towards the goal might be longer and if you're not enjoying your work you still have to keep doing it for a little longer because it's slowly but surely rowing you to the other side of the river you build enough capital so that you can live off the interest without any adjustment to the lifestyle or drawdown on to your capital on the other hand i believe in a bottoms up approach which is when you've already decided an expiry date for your job by which you've done enough to meet the basic needs of life like food and shelter because i think our desires and wants will never end after which you'll untether yourself from the anchor of a known paycheck and start pursuing your dreams you're not aiming for a huge corpus because you're looking at it more as a contingency fund with drawdowns for regular expenses being very small and in fact find other ways to have a small stream of income which can also keep you creatively engaged yeah so in earlier episodes if you remember we already covered the topic of how to put a defined number to your retirement corpus and how to spearhead your investment strategy towards it and in short i mean the the short answer here is the level of aggression in your investment will depend on the gap between the current level of your corpus and the desired level and the amount of time you have in mind it's it's kind of like driving a car actually you want to get from point a to point b in x amount of time and so you need to decide how much to step on the gas depending on the distance you have left and the amount of time you have budgeted absolutely so if you're in your 60s uh, with a decent pool of uh, savings already you don't need to go for the more volatile strategies you could park your funds in a fixed deposit and live off the interest and remove the tension of seeing your corpus fluctuate with the market if you're 75 you definitely want to consider moving towards cash bonds and fds as a tumble in stock market or the more fancy assets like crypto may not correct in your remaining lifespan i'm sorry to say but that's really true and if you're in your 20s you should have a more tiered approach 50% in more volatile assets 25% in relatively safer and some in cash something like a stock market or real estate will for sure over decades almost certainly grow your pie and define not just the start and finish but also milestones it's like exercise right you just want to keep small small milestones to motivate yourself if you have a small pool to begin with first go slightly conservative so that you don't lose whatever you have in a single sweep of the market once you reach your goal too where your savings have gone past the level of basic sustenance and you've got more comfortable with the journey step up on the gas yeah and this is advice actually everyone has already heard in multiple ways exactly what i think though that's been lacking or less discussed is a discussion of the choices you have to make in order to get the goal of having savings beyond the point of sustenance so defining your financial freedom is about making choices and defining what your priority is for your lifestyle is it about experiences or material comforts do you want to leave enough money for your kids so they possibly do not have to worry about their paycheck or you just want to stop at giving them the best education possible 
weighing these choices against how much you're willing to tie yourself to the pole of a job. And that's how you arrive at what works for you. If you feel you're really suffering today with the amount of work you're having to put in to build enough money for a secure tomorrow, like a 996, maybe you can rethink on letting go of some of the peripherals, which might make the burden of working today easier. Like when you're climbing a mountain, sure, you want to reach the summit with a camera and a chair and maybe sit down and enjoy the view. But if the weight of those paraphernalia is making the climb unbearable, is it not? Is it worth it? So you might want to keep some of them aside. Once you've made that choice, you need to put a number to that choice to define the corpus and then start on your financial journey. So looking for a job that pays, investment strategies that grow your money and most importantly, investing in yourself so that you're always agile enough to readjust and recalibrate if required. You know, we've seen businesses can go from boom to bust with so many different factors which are out of your control. So you just have to keep yourself agile to adjust to that. You take the plunge and leave your job and retire. You don't like it? You come back. You reskill yourself, you come back. You realize you need more money than you had factored or maybe the new hobby costs more than anticipated. You can come back, work for a bit, earn that extra bit and go back to pursuing your dreams. I know so many people who've tried that with urban farming, where they farm for six months and then they do some consulting work for six months. Right. So in fact, a term I heard recently was portfolio career, which is about assembling a number of income streams together to get you where you need to go without the constraints and challenges of a full-time job. So as an example, there's this ex-colleague I met uh, just a few weeks back who's a trainer and a certified career coach. And he puts in a few hours with a company, but he also coaches clients and advises startups like HR or uh, people, talent-related startups on the side, which gives him variety. I mean, he gets to do so many different things. It reduces the risk of income loss because he's got two or three different things going at any point of time. And it allows him more time than when he had a full-time, uh, full-on corporate job. Absolutely. So you can also be creative about it. Maybe you can consider moving into a smaller house. There is a big tiny house movement going on anyway, where you reduce your footprint and become debt-free. I'm a big tiny house uh, movement backer. And that way you can really declutter your life. I'm a tiny big house believer. I know. You want to live in the biggest house and I want to live in the tiniest house. <laughs> so, or you want to settle down, you've got this huge idea of settling down in a farm in your retirement. Maybe you can look at buying a farm right now and converting a portion of it into a BNB, which will give you enough income for your usual expenses while affording your dream today. Who knows what's happening tomorrow? You want to travel the world? There are a lot of ways where you can earn your stay. Of course, maybe you can't go from one five-star hotel to another, but you can be working for your host in exchange for lodgings. So you may not have a 65-inch screen or a 10-bedroom house, but you will have the luxury of time right now. A lot of us really misunderstand or undervalue the concept of time. So rethink and refocus your concept of retirement. Cut out the peripherals and focus on the absolute must-haves. Think about creative ways to achieve those must-haves in a more affordable way. 
don't just keep pushing everything for when you're going to retire at the age of 60 or something exactly so i think neha you've hit the uh, you know you've hit upon a pretty important point i've been seeing actually more articles and stuff like that on this topic as well i i read a lot on medium and medium is a great way to see how thoughts are evolving or people regular people like you uh, you and i and you know like not experts or not rich people think about money and this is another way to achieve the purpose which is effectively a semi retirement so reduce your costs find a way to work as much as you need to meet those expenses maybe through consulting work or something like that and spend the rest of your time doing the things that you want versus exactly how you described which is you work like crazy till you're 60 and then you have full time off to just sit and relax and that concept may have served its time correct i if you're working so much when you hit 60 you don't even know how to retire <laughs> my father has this saying that i love that when he had teeth he had no nuts to chew effectively he had no money to buy the nuts and now that he can afford to buy the nuts he's lost his teeth in a sense he spent his entire life saving bit by bit to have a good corpus in his old age but now that he has the corpus he has no ability to spend it because the age has caught up with him so don't do that to yourself don't have a tunnel vision for that corpus to the exclusion of everything else to the exclusion of the present moment look around there are financial tools which can act as a rope to make the climb easier and ask yourself Do you really want to get to the summit, or is a hike more enjoyable, say, to a smaller peak? Yeah. So really, you have to reinvent the way that you are growing your corpus and where you are going to. It's no longer just about paycheck. There are so many other ways of growing your corpus. Yeah, and I think the analogy is a good one. Only you can decide how high is that mountain that you want to climb. and whether the trek up that mountain is going to be worth it so whatever you decide know that it comes with choices and go in with your eyes wide open making those choices and make those choices early while they are still choices and before they become golden handcuffs where you're tied into a certain lifestyle which you just cannot break out of so again i mean as usual neha i think uh, this was a great conversation and i really loved discussing this topic with you especially because i think you and i both believe very strongly in the concept of financial freedom even if we come at it from slightly different uh, angles and for everyone else thank you for tuning in today and do take a moment to subscribe or follow us uh, on money talk we were neha and amit and see you next time take care bye